Welcome, Cap fam and friends of Crusader Athletics. I'm Sports Information Director Ryan Gasser. It's National Nurse Appreciation Week, so if you're a nurse of any sort, on behalf of the Cap fam, thank you. And with that in mind, that serves as our theme to Episode 6. We'll open the program with a peek at what's happening within the Capital Women's Lacrosse Program with head coach Stacy Florence. In the second quarter, we'll check in with alumnus Jackie Kelly from the class of 2017, who is a nurse here in Columbus, and see how she's using her nursing degree from Capital to serve our community during the pandemic. After halftime, we'll return with our feature, you guessed it, more love for our nurses. It's not just alumni in the field, it's our students as well. Recent graduates Emily Hilt and Cassidy Bosch join us to share a sort of on-the-job training nobody expected and their views from the front lines. We'll wrap it up with our senior spotlight. We return to lacrosse and spotlight recent graduate Luke Wyatt of men's lacrosse. Buckle up, it's time for episode six of Forward Capital Crusaders. All right, Cap fans, it's time to look inside of another program. And to do that, we bring in the head coach of said program. Today, we spotlight the Capital Women's Lacrosse program. And we bring in Stacy Florence, the seventh-year head coach, the only head coach of women's lacrosse here at Capital. And so first and foremost, Coach, uh, how, how are you doing with all this extra time and what's our new normal? I'm good. Um, our new normal has definitely changed <laughs> from the recent months of March and April. Um we're just trying to stay safe and stay healthy and make sure the team is doing well with academics and staying focused. And it it's a weird normal, but we're getting used to it. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're in no short supply of company with all of that. And like you said, it, it's kind of been a weird spring. It, it seems like it's already over, but yet it seems like it hasn't ended. It's been so long and for all the wrong reasons. Uh, when you look back at the team that you had on the field, uh, where were the Crusaders in this year-long development and what we thought was going to be a sure contender for an OAC championship? You know, we we were improving every day, and that's something that I'm I'm just bitter about uh, with the season ending so short is that we were making steps every single day to get better and better. And, you know, our record might have been three and two, but the way that we ended the, the season and improved every game. I mean, how we played our fifth game compared to our first was just so drastic and a complete turnaround with improvement all over the field from goalies to faking and shooting and finishing our shots. So I'm, I'm so excited and I'm proud of how they finished this season, but I'm, a, I'm just, I'm, I'm sad because I really, it, it's unknown with what we're really going to do, you know, and how, how far we were really going to go. But I was, I was impressed. I was motivated and um, I guess we'll never know, which is the sad part, but I'm thankful that we did have those five games in. Well, and certainly against really good competition too. I mean, in, at least in my opinion, it's probably one of the strongest schedules that we've put together to date. Um, and we've had a history of really strong schedules in years past. So, you know, you talk about that progress from game one to game five. Uh, talk about maybe some of those players that did make more substantial progress than others, in your opinion. Um, I think as each game progressed, you saw individual performers step up, which was huge. And they weren't just seniors, you know, they were freshmen and sophomores and, you know, girls who just really kind of peaked 
and had their moment that was like, okay, I get it. You know, this is our level of competition that we're playing at. We have to meet it and beat it. And um, it was awesome just to see each game, how individual players kind of stepped up in their own way, which was huge. But I do, I mean, I, I, I love the competition. I think it makes us so much better for conference play. So I, when I do schedule games, that's what I want to look for is who regionally is doing well, who is ranked IWLCA, um, who can we get that's going to take us to the championship game? Who's that level <clears throat> that we want to compete at and remain at? And um, I'm, I'm just really proud of kind of those five games and how, how we played throughout. No doubt about it. There seemed to be a different hero every time that you took the field or someone that stepped up differently. Is there anybody in particular that you were just really more impressed with where they got uh, in that short time frame? Um, I think there's a, the freshmen definitely progressed every game. They got more and more comfortable being on the field and dealing with the pressure and the competition. Dylan Smith was somebody who just it, it clicked with her the first game. And as soon as the ball went up in the air, she was like, okay, this is it. I gotta, I gotta work really hard and I have to play 60 minutes. And she was a consistent force in the game. Um, sophomore goalie B Kuhn. I mean, from her first game center to playing that awesome game against Illinois Wesleyan. I mean, I told her, that was the best game that she's ever played. I've never seen her play like that against Illinois Wesleyan. And um, I, to see her peak like that and against a regionally ranked opponent, I was just so proud of her and so excited. Um, that was her game, and she owned that game, and we celebrated her after. Um, and so every, every, the underclassmen were just – they were awesome, and they were willing to fix things and take the criticism and work harder to get better, which was great. And certainly something to look forward to as we go into next year. This is Stacy Florence, seventh-year head coach of the Capital Women's Lacrosse Program. Coach, we'll take one more look backward before we start looking ahead. But I think that the student-athletes, uh, the one that you can't help but pay extra special attention to, whether it's on the field as a competitor or off of it, it's Cat Walton. So talk about the impact of senior Cat Walton on this program. Kat came into fall ball on a mission. I mean, she she has been looking forward to her senior year for so long. And she started, you know, she started preparing for this a long time, a long time ago. And she came in fall ready to work and she raised the bar. And the thing that's different about Kat opposed to other senior athletes is she if somebody wants help with shooting, with footwork with cradling with checking she takes time out of her day to help any single person and she'll stay after practice she'll come to the cap center anytime that she's available and work with her teammates one-on-one -on -one and just show them what she does on her shots what she does on her dodges and that's something that was I mean she started probably doing that sophomore year and the team looks up to her because she's so approachable and she's so full of knowledge that she's just willing to share everything that she's got with them. And that's something that I'm really going to miss is her leadership outside of the practice. You know, like in practice, she was great and she'd still continue to coach up her teammates, but it's what she did outside of practice that really took our team to the next level is she really put in the time with her teammates that wanted to connect with her and, you know, make, make them better players. 
no doubt about it. Certainly, like I said, all seniors are special, but this one just seems to be on another level of special. And so uh, we're very thankful for Kat's impact and, and contributions to the program. And now in the spirit of the podcast, we now look forward. It's in our name after all, so let's stick true to it. You know, although it's on a different timeline, the minute one season ends, most coaches are already looking ahead to the next. And so begs the question, how have you been prepping for what we will hope will be a 2021 season? So I'm excited. We have seven um, first years coming in. They are, you know, very balanced all over the field. They're talented. They're fast. Um, we got a lot of good shooters, which I'm really excited about. And so to just lose, you know, those three seniors, which are devastating, but to gain seven first years, I think the size in our roster is going to be a lot larger and that'll give us more I'm excited because we can do a lot more in practice and be able to full field scrimmage and take it to the next level with just the numbers alone so I'm I'm really pumped to grow the roster this year and I'm really excited to kind of just get everybody on the same page in the fall start the you know start it off right from day one and work hard and you know we're that workhorse team that's just going to work hard in silence and hopefully let success make the noise so I am, I'm excited for next year. I'm really looking forward to it. Our schedule was just finalized. We have great, hard, tough competition, and I'm excited for next, next 2021 season, just to see our improvement and what we can do. You know, I haven't asked this question coach, uh, but I'm curious, uh, especially for spring sports, you know, you didn't get the full season. You'll bring back all of your first years from this past year, and then you'll add an entirely another an entire another class. When you look at that, do you really see this as one ginormous class of first years, or have with the progression that you cited? Yes, these freshmen of twenty twenty are definitely sophomores. They're playing like it, and it's going to be like business as normal when you report in the fall. Yeah, you know what? It's tough. I guess I never really thought of it that way. I think that. The, the freshman class from 2020, they grew leaps and bounds from their day one of fall ball in 2019 to their last game in 2020. And the amount of work and time that they put in off season and in the field house outside of practice, I, I definitely don't think that they're first years. I do. I will consider them sophomores because they know what's expected. They know the routine. They know what's demanded. And they're going to come knowing that you know, nobody has a spot. Everybody's still got to fight for that starting spot and you got to work hard. And I think that they'll bring a little bit of leadership and a little bit of a voice and they'll have that sophomore status for sure. And I'm excited to kind of see how they take the first years under their wing. Um, that That's going to be motivating. And I think that'll be special. How has the recruitment trail changed for you? I mean, all spring sport coaches kind of rely on the summertime to get an extra peek at some of their incoming athletes, but we don't have that luxury. So uh, how have you combated that and uh, prepared for even the 2022 freshman class? It It's tough. And this is what I've been speaking to a lot of other coaches about is how are they kind of changing it? We can't see them live you know, and that's the, that's the one thing that we kind of bank on is getting them, them to see, see them play live and in person. So I am just trying to connect with as many 2021s and 2022s as I can 
um, really starting to build that relationship with them on the phone and through email and getting to know them as a person and as a student first. And then once, you know, have them develop their game film and I want to see them play and then we'll kind of critique their play together a little bit um, and just, you know, go through the game film, but make sure that we can at least have a chance to evaluate them and make sure that they would be a great fit for their program. And then we're getting, we're really pushing for fall visits. Um, I've done a lot of virtual tours, which has set up by Capital University's website and it's great. And, you know, the the recruits that I've sent it to and reached out about, I mean, they love campus just from the tour. So that's a huge seller. Um, but I'm excited to set those visit dates in the fall and kind of have them all on campus and meet the team and meet them in person. That's what we're really looking forward to. And we're trying to just hype up those recruits and get them ready for the future and know that capital is going to be an option for them. I think all of us will agree that we all can't wait for that time for uh, more face-to-face interaction. That's for sure. This is head coach Stacy Florence in her seventh year leading the Capital Women's Lacrosse team. And so, time to put you on the hot seat, Coach. We got a lot of quick hitter questions for uh, to learn a little bit more about this year's team as well as you as the head coach. So, uh, strap in here, and I'll hit you with a couple quick ones. First, who is the team Joker? I think they're all weirdos. <laughs> and they, they will they will agree with me. They I give them the weirdest looks and I'll give them the weirdest sayings, but they each have their own day where they're just come in and they're kind of off the wall or they had to have too, too much caffeine or they're just really stressed and they need a relief. Um, I can't pick out one like specific person because they all have their weird days where we're just like, are you okay? Like, do you need a second? (laughs) But that's the joy of being on a team with, you know, 20 other females is we all have our moods. We all have crazy stressors and to be on a team and kind of share that with each other. I think that's make, that's what makes you family. They're all a bunch of weird. They're all a bunch of weirdos. (laughs) A roulette of jokers. I like it. All right, but this one might be a little bit more recognizable. Who has the most obnoxious laugh? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna say Katie Parks. Because Katie Parks, when you're in the front of the bus and you hear somebody make a joke, you can just tell that that is her laugh. That that. That is just vibrating through the bus. So I will say senior goalie, Katie Parks. All right. Now, who has the worst and the best fashion sense? And the team will have my back on this. (laughs) Anybody who wears Crocs, they have the worst, (laughs) worst fashion sense. I can't do Crocs. I don't get them. I think they're weird looking and they're ugly. So if they come to practice and they're in Crocs, they know I'm probably I'm probably going to say something to them. And they want team Crocs, and I just can't do it. I can't cave. I'm not going to cave on that. So Good choice. Crocs. Okay. Yeah. So who sets the trends on the team as far as fashion goes? I think they – This is the tough thing is they all do. They all kind of dress the same. Um, they all have their same game day traditions and the game day berets and headbands. And so – I can't say, I'd say Dana Stover, junior attacker Dana Stover, she outside of lacrosse has the most, like she wants to own a fashion boutique. She is very fashionable. She's up with the trends. She's a, you know, a fashion blogger. That's her passion working in a boutique. And so outside she can put together some, some killer outfits. I'll give it to Dana for that. 
on the team, is there somebody that stands out as a good cook or baker? No, they can't cook. <laughs> they do a lot of pasta dinners. They do a lot of pasta dinners when we have recruit overnights. Um, they'll, the upperclassmen will host them at their house and they'll throw together a great spaghetti dinner. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's spaghetti, but I think I'm going to throw it back to all their moms, <laughs> their moms for those tailgates. They bring some amazing dishes and amazing desserts. And so I will say the cap lacks moms. Okay. They, yeah. Okay. They have their place on it too. They're part of the team. Now, now who's, yeah. who's the hardest worker on the team? And that can be on or off the field. I'm, I'm going to say Kat Walton, senior Kat Walton. On the field, she will push herself until she can't go any further and you can see it in her face um and she's one person who like won't turn red when she's really out of breath so you know when she's pushed herself past that limit and she's getting red and she's sweating a lot and she's you know that she has pushed it and she she wants to get better um and off the field she's the same way in in her mind there's no off season she is in the gym lifting she is on the field just shooting and passing around and getting her shots in and her stick in her hand. And so she's probably the hardest working player that I've ever coached. Okay. Now, I have a feeling I already know where this answer is going, but I'll ask the question anyway. Who has the most off-the-wall taste? Can you give an example of that? Taste of what? Who has the most off-the-wall taste, whether it's uh, you know something that they like or things that they watch, anything that you know makes bit more off the wall than the rest oh they i'm not a fan of the bachelor and they all every monday night is like team bachelor and i don't get i don't i don't really get it so i'm gonna i'm gonna say just because they watch reality television and they're obsessed with the bachelor and that's all they talk about um on tuesdays at practice they all have horrible taste for watching that see i had a feeling that no matter what it was it was going to be done as a group so i'm glad you didn't yeah me there. <laughs> i can't single out one person <laughs> all right now these questions are more for you so let's get to know you stacy florence uh, the leader of the cap lax team so coach who's your favorite athlete of all time tough one tough one i am so into this michael jordan series on sunday nights and just seeing him as a middle schooler to progress to the player that, you know, he ended his career with, I, I guess I never really admired him. I thought I admired him as much as I did. And then when you see this documentary that's out now, it is insane how much of a, of a great athlete he really was. And that's something that he wasn't, I mean, he worked his butt off. And I just have respect for the man. I think he was a great player. I think he was a great person. And so I'm going to say MJ. All right. How about favorite sports movie that you can't get enough of? I'm a big fan of Remember the Titans and Miracle. Two solid choices. Awesome. Yes. Uh, One thing that you've done more of with this extra time that we have. Cooking. Okay. Cooking for sure. Any specialty dish? Nope. We make a lot of muffins. We do, we do a lot of baking too. So um, my son likes to help me make muffins and we've gotten really good at making different types of muffins. 
<laughs> awesome. So what's the show? I mean, obviously you said you've watched the Jordan series, but what other show have you recently binge watched? I think everybody's seen the Tiger King. I, I hope that phase is over now, but it is really funny just to see the images pop up. Um, Tiger King was a good one. I finished Ozark. That was a really, really, really good one, too. Um, I was kind of shocked by that. So now I can't wait for the next season to come out. And I'm taking suggestions for my next show. I'm kind of torn on what to start up, but um, I'll take your suggestions on another good binge-worthy show. I'm a big fan of Letterkenny on Hulu, but that's just me, and I have a twisted sense of humor. So if you can hang, then I would suggest that. Okay, I'll watch a trailer. Okay. I'll watch a trailer okay. on it. Um, how about if you were not a coach, what do you think that your next dream job would be? Um, I Maybe like a PE teacher. PE teacher or an elementary education teacher, I think. Okay. I think just being in that kind of classroom setting and being around kids and being a mentor in that sense, I really thrive on. So that would be my backup. All right. And the first thing that you're going to do once this stay at home order is lifted and we return a little bit closer to normal. I'm going to go into the cap center (laughs) and I'm going to walk on that track, run on that track and get back to it. Um, I really do miss work. I miss the atmosphere at Capitol. I miss seeing the people every day. I miss having recruits on campus. And so I'm really, really excited to kind of get back into the office and hit that recruiting trail hard. And then after a nice full day of work, I'm going to go get a pedicure. And it's going to be the best pedicure I've ever had. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I can, That's what I got. I can at least be with you on seeing everybody at work. I'm not so sure that my nails are dead yet, but... Uh, it's good to know that once things get back to normal, that uh, you have a plan. So, again, this is yeah. Stacy Florence, the head coach of the women's lacrosse program. And if you ever want to follow the team on Twitter or Instagram, their uh, handles are at capital W Lax on Twitter and on Instagram at capital underscore W underscore Lax. And uh, thanks again, Coach for joining us here on this edition of Forward Capital Crusaders. We wish you safety and hopefully we'll be seeing you soon. Thank you, Ryan. You too. All right. Stick with us here as we roll along on the next segment of Forward Capital Crusaders. All right, Cat Fam, it's time for tonight's feature. And per our theme this week for Nurses Appreciation Week, we wanted to feature a Capital alum that we knew was on the front lines battling the coronavirus and treating all of our loved ones as we go through what we are calling the new normal with the hope that a new normal will soon be approaching. So today on the show, we have Jackie Kelly, graduate from the class of 2017 and a member of the women's soccer team. She hails from Fairfield, Ohio, before she came to Capitol. And so we'll talk with her about her journey through Capitol and also where she is currently. So Jackie, first and foremost, thanks for joining us. I know you're coming off of a long shift and jumping right into this interview. So I appreciate the time that you're taking with us. So can you tell us where you are right now, where you're working and in what capacity? Yeah, so I'm working um, at, at Grant Medical Center in downtown Columbus, and I actually work in the ER, and it's a big level one trauma center. So our ER is definitely taking a lot of patients in from this, and 
So it's definitely been an interesting experience being there throughout it all. Well, uh, you're right in the thick of it. There's no doubt about that. So uh, let's start a little bit lighter before we get into the heavy stuff. You know, like I said, you're a 2017 CAP grad. You were a four-year member of the women's soccer team, and you played defense while you were with the Crusaders. Uh, just talk about first how you got to choosing capital at the very beginning of it all. So I was playing for a club team back in my hometown, um, and I've played for that club for as long as I can remember. And my club coach would have these college coaches come in once every few weeks from different colleges and just run a practice. And I got to meet um, the coach at the time was there and I got to speak with him and I, and he made me really interested in the program. And then as it uh, got closer to me kind of becoming a senior in high school and getting closer to where I was going, I knew I wanted to stay in Ohio and within a few hours of where my family lived. And it definitely felt like the right choice to go to that school as opposed to a bigger one because I thought I would have a better athletic experience and even a better academic one as well. What about Capital really kind of lit you, uh, you know, brought you to us? Uh, was there something that stood out among the rest that maybe others didn't offer that kind of sealed the deal? I think for myself, it was definitely the size. I liked that it was, and I, I'll never forget this, when I came and just toured and checked out the campus, one of the tour guides said, it's big enough that you can avoid someone if you want to, but small enough you can see someone every day if you want to. And, <laughs> and I liked that about it. I liked it was the perfect size. Um, it wasn't too big. It wasn't too small. I could walk to class in 15 minutes. Um, but I also felt spread out enough, like it was a large campus, that I had plenty of room in different places to go and hang out and go be, be with people. Well, no lie there, that's for sure. Now, your freshman year was kind of one for the ages. In, in 2013, you and the Crusaders had a historic season in which you finished 19-5-2, and two, and you went all the way to the NCAA quarterfinals, the deepest any capital soccer team has gone ever. Uh, so take us through the ride of that season as you recall it. Well, I think it's, it's definitely never the season you – expect you're going to have, especially not as a freshman in college, but it's always the season you dream of having, you know, when you go to be a college athlete, that's something you always hope that one day you'll do that, that experience. And so thinking of it as a freshman, I was just excited to be there. And, and then when we got into the tournament, um, just the OAC tournament in the beginning, it was all this brand new and exciting to see it all. And then when we won the tournament and got into the NCAA, it's kind of like, this is a real thing. Like, this is what, you know, you, you watch like NCAA tournaments on TV and now you're going to be in one. And, and it was a definite, definite, um, it, it was an experience of a lifetime for sure. And then when you get into those, those final games, it just, it just became more surreal every time. And, and you were kind of always wondering like, and you try to take it all in as you go, because you know that you might never, you don't know if you're going to get there again the future and you try and take it all in and put your best foot forward as an athlete um, for your team and for your school. And you had that opportunity to put your best foot forward in one of the biggest stages of the year. It was that last game in the quarterfinals against Wash U and you got to start that game. That was one of two starts that you made that season. Um, that was a game that went to PKs to determine a winner. And, and even though it ended in a loss, I mean, that has to rank up among the top moments of uh, an athletic career. And so where does that, your performance in that game and, and that game in general rank in your career highlights? 
Yeah, actually, that game in particular was was in the uh, round of eight, and we actually won that game. It was the following game we lost, and I didn't get a chance to play in the following game in the round of four. Um, but that the game you're talking about with Wash U, it was, you know, we did go to the PKs, we went in PKs, and and I did get to start that game, and it was very. And I found out probably I want to say like an hour before the game, I think couple hours before the coach told me he was going to start me and I didn't even start at my normal position, but we had had one of our, you know, one of our top goal scorers get hurt the previous day in a game. And, and I definitely wasn't expected um, for myself to be the person to be kind of the one to be given that chance to put in that position to try and fill those shoes. And it was big shoes to fill. And, and I don't think I, you know, I certainly didn't do as good as that, particular player would have done but I, I did the best I could in the circumstance and in the team I remember the entire game I don't think I'll ever forget that game to be honest it's to this day probably one of the most adrenaline filled games I think I've ever played um, played in or even been a part of on the sidelines even for the parts of the game that I wasn't in later on um, just we were playing a team that was very very skilled and you know they were the number one number one ranked team in the country and they hadn't lost. I don't think they had lost at home all year and, or even given up many goals at home. And we were playing on their home turf miles away from where we are. And it was very, we definitely were the underdogs. No one expected us to win. And, and the more we succeeded in keeping up with them, the more it kind of helped our morale. And we started to think maybe we can actually do this. And, and then you get to the end and you tie the game up, um, closer to the end of the game and it's kind of like one of these like wow are we are we actually gonna do we have a chance at this and and then you get to pks and and anyone who plays any sports knows that when you get to any kind of penalty kicks or shootouts or anything like that you know it, it's very i mean i don't think there's any way to describe the nerve that goes through any player when you're in those those particular situations um and the game in general is one that i'll always i'll always remember that for sure. And we're talking with 2017 grad Jackie Kelly of the women's soccer program, an alum that's also on the front lines in the nursing field. And before we transition into that, you know, we talked about your favorite sport memory. I think we covered that pretty clearly. And uh, yeah, let's talk about your favorite. Yeah. Let's talk about your favorite non-sport memory. Now, what do you remember best about capital? I think what I remember best about capital is I, you know, had the pleasure of meeting obviously wonderful athletes there and also wonderful um, just other students and other, you know, who weren't involved in athletics. And I think that was what was great is making friends from kind of both ends because I was always very, you know, you kind of expect most of your friends are going to be um, athletes because you spend so much time in that. And, and, it, and it was great to meet those other friends and actually have friends that had very little in common with me on that front and to become really close with them. And just, I just remember spending so much time in the dorm rooms, especially my sophomore year, I think is what would stand out to me the most. Um, we were in Goth Hall, which a lot of the floors are like co-ed. Um, and so you have like girls in one hall, then boys in the hall on the other side or boys and girls in one hall. And so you have a lot of people kind of crammed together and, I mean, it's very loud and a lot of noise, but it's also just so much fun. I mean, I remember getting out of my dorm room and I kid you not, like putting on these like 
$10 slippers that I think I got at like a Target or something and walking around the dorm room, like down the dorm hallway in slippers to like a room whose door was usually open because I mean, it was just the way it was. And it was, it was so fun to just kind of be able to roll out of bed, you know, brush your teeth and not really even have to feel like you have to look presentable and go be able to go close to your friends who live right down the hall. And just to have friends so close to you was probably the best part. And just being able to hang out in the hall or in your rooms all the time. And that was the best part, the companionship you kind of get to build with people. Now you were a nursing major at Capitol where, uh, or how did you come to be uh, wanting to pursue that as a career and pursue that major? So I think, um, for the longest time before I was in college, I, I knew I wanted to be, you know, in the healthcare field in general. And pinning it down to nursing was actually um, my dad had mentioned, you know, like, well, if you're going to go into healthcare, what exactly do you want to do? You know, there's, I mean, there's therapists, there's physical therapists, occupational therapists, there's respiratory, you know doctors, surgeons, I mean, all kinds of things you can do. And, and I remember just kind of being like, well, I just, I want to be hands-on with people. I want to just be hands-on. I want to be that person that can care for them, you know, and connect with them on an emotional level, but at the same time, be able to take care of them and, uh, and be able to do that. And I think that's where the nursing, you know, kind of came in is for me, it was that, hands-on being very hands-on with people all day all the time and being able to be an advocate for them as well and um, stick up for your patients and try and uh, do what's best for them and to you know encourage them to voice what they want and what they feel they need we're talking with jackie kelly the 2017 graduate from the women's soccer program that is on the front lines helping us all as we get through this pandemic and so now we'll get into the heavier stuff Jackie the reason why we're here and that helps celebrate nurses appreciation week and and we certainly appreciate you you know you might be one of our most recent grads that we've had on this alumni part of the program but that doesn't mean that you're doing any less incredible work like I said you're out there you're right in the thick of it uh, at the Grant Medical Center Uh, what has this battle been like for you from your perspective I think from my perspective, um, especially because I'm, you know, I've been a nurse for two years and, you know, and that's not a whole lot in my mind, especially where I work. I work with some nurses who are very experienced and many of which have been nurses for, you know, we're talking eight years, 10 years, 12 years. So for me, two years, I'm like, you know, I feel experienced, but I'm nowhere near as experienced as some of them. And, And I think the hardest, you know, the most interesting thing about it is to have this pandemic that's not something you see all the time that, you know, we haven't seen it in a while. And we hopefully we won't be seeing anything like this. You know, once um, this passes, we won't be seeing anything like this in the near future and and kind of still being a newer nurse. You know, I've just felt comfortable, gotten to the point where I feel very comfortable and confident in my abilities as a nurse especially in the ER. And then to have this kind of be a new challenge so soon has definitely been a difficult thing for me personally. Um, But I mean, there's all kinds of ish, you know, all kinds of challenges that come with it. And that for me personally has been the hardest, but I also think, 
one of the biggest challenges in general with it that everyone I think I work with could attest to as well is the constant change. When this first started, we were changing policies and how we do things, even how we test people for COVID and who we're going to test for the coronavirus and who we're not going to test. And that would change. I remember there were days I'd be at work that would change once or twice during my actual shift. And, and now, thankfully, it's been more time and we've gotten more of a process. But at the very beginning, it was just constant constant changing and adapting to new research and information and best practices. So it was just always trying to, to keep up with it in a way. Well, it sounds like things have settled down just a little bit. So now that it might be the case, you know, what is your day-to-day like currently? My day-to-day life at work, um, you know, I, I go to work and when you first walk in to the employee entrance, you have, a few people there who take your temperature and you actually aren't even allowed to come into the building if you have a fever. So that's the first thing that's just very, it's become normal, but at first it was so strange. They take your temperature and then they hand you a surgical mask and you're going to wear that surgical mask all day um, throughout the hospital, all patients, employees, and visitors for the few exceptions we have with visitors um, wear a surgical mask all day. And so you get handed that temperature taken, handed a mask, you go to your, you'd go and clock in, I go to my break room, I get all my stuff on like I normally do get ready for the day. We've moved, we do a shift huddle in the morning that now has moved to a bigger part of our, like a bigger area we have. And then you get your patient assignment. And and you kind of have, you know, during shift huddle, you get told the new things that are going to be going on if anything's changed, like weekly updates, and you get your shift assignment, you take care of your patients all day. And if you're, you know, if you're lucky, you have you have a good day and, you know, everyone ends up being okay. And then you go home and you, I know for me personally, I clean off all like my stethoscope, my badge, even pens in my pockets. I wipe down vigorously before I leave. And then I, I go home and I, you know, I don't go into my house with any of my stuff on, you know, you, you take everything off in the garage, you leave your shoes out in the garage, throw it right in the laundry right when I walk in and then I go shower and try and scrub everything off and and it's and then you know I try and unwind for the day and then on my days off you know you're you're just kind of with everything closed you're stuck at home and I try and get outside and get some fresh air since I don't get much of it on the days I work but that does seem very very uh, jam-packed from start to finish and you were telling me that you know 12 hour shifts are are now normal for you um as far as you know you you talk about normal and it's kind of a subjective word at this point in time but um what how does what you're going through right now differ from what your day-to-day was a couple months ago i think now it's this at work especially you're kind of waiting for for that big surge and that big wave of patients that they, you know, that you've been seeing in other countries and in other states. Um, You're kind of waiting, you wonder, because at first, a lot of people weren't coming to the ER um, for non-emergencies anymore, because they were, well, I don't want to go because I don't want to risk the hospitals a high risk to get the coronavirus and people are afraid of going. And 
And so it's kind of like, well, when, you know, I left work today and this is what it looked like. Like, am I going to go into work tomorrow and we're not going to have masks or, you know, gowns or are we going to have patients in the hallways? Are we going to be out of ventilators? And I think it was just kind of waiting for that. Like every day you're kind of waiting, like, is it going to get worse? Like, what's, how are we going to do this? Are we going to run out of stuff we need? And I think that's been the biggest, you know, changes, just kind of waiting for that and trying to prepare for it to hope that that doesn't happen. This is Jackie Kelly, graduate of 2017 and a member of the women's soccer program on the front lines this time in a nursing uniform. And so, Jackie, can you tell us something that perhaps when you were going through all of your training and schooling at Capitol, is there something that maybe you learned that helped prepare you for a moment like this or even just one one thing in particular that you remember that maybe you used day to day? I don't know if, you know, anything in school and even in the clinicals, you have while you're in school as wonderful as they are. I don't think anything can fully prepare you for this, for what we've encountered with this pandemic. I don't know if anyone can ever really be prepared for that. I do think one of the things you learn in school is just your basic, even just when you get deep down into nursing, your focused assessment on patients. Um, Because a lot of times these patients do come in and they can decline quickly or or you're spending less time in the rooms, you're trying to get in, care for them quickly, and then get out, reduce exposure to yourself. And we do this thing called cluster care, where you kind of do everything in the room when you go in, and then you come out so that you don't have to immediately go back in. And I think that's something that in school, getting those really good assessment skills down so that you can do that and, and multitask, really, just kind of learning to do that. Um, and getting good at your hands-on skills, like starting IVs or, you know, doing EKGs, taking pictures of rhythms of people's hearts, like getting good at doing those things quickly to get them done in a timely manner in order to kind of get out quick. But when it comes to the actual virus itself, you know, I, I don't think anything prepares you fully for, for that, for what we've seen with it when it comes to that. True. And, and I know that even just in a short couple of months, you've probably seen a lot in, in your line of work. So if you could tell people that might see things through a different lens than you, what would you tell them about coronavirus, COVID-19 and the battle against it? I would say that in order to have the best outcome for the most amount of people and to you know come out as a community ahead of this is, is really to be, you know, be kind to each other and to be a community, you know, think about, you know, before you want to go out and do things because you want to go and throw a party at your house, or you want to go to your friend's house who's throwing a party, like, you got to kind of think like, sure, you're young and you're healthy, but who do they come into contact with that isn't that you could be putting that person at risk? And just kind of thinking of the greater good and thinking of not what's best for you, but what's best for everyone. And that you should stay safe. And, and Governor, Governor um, DeWine, he's done a wonderful, wonderful job with them. Um, I know a lot of people 
don't like staying at home. I'm not one that likes to stay at home either. I'm always out of my house, especially on my days off because in the ER there aren't really windows. So you don't even see the sun most days you work. And, and so I love to be out of my house and out with my friends and doing things and it's hard to stay home, but, um, especially for this long and people get stir crazy. And I think the big thing to remember is that it's, it's all for the benefit of everyone. You know, it's not, it's not a punishment. It's to keep everyone safe and to keep everyone healthy and to also make sure we don't have situations where we have so many patients who are very sick that we don't have the materials and the staff to care for them. And, you know, and to be safe and to think about the bigger picture when it does get hard to, you know, to be okay being at home for, what is it, two and a half months now almost, it seems, um, you know, to to be okay with that because it is, it's not a punishment. It's, it's for everyone's protection and it's for the benefit of everybody. And it's hard. Most definitely. And it, we've all sacrificed a lot, um, some more than others. And, and you are certainly sacrificing. You and all of your colleagues are as well. Uh, you know, so I guess that begs the question that when we get back to what we called normal a couple of months ago, what do you think the first thing that you're going to do uh, when all of this is over or the uh, restrictions are lifted? Uh, I think that's a hard one. There's so many things on that list. <laughs> And I feel like it's time because on that list gets longer. Um, I think one of the first things I want to do is I definitely want to see my parents because they, uh, I don't, they're, you know, they're older. I'm not going to say how old they are because my mom would lose her mind if she knew I said that, um, but they're older. And so, you know, I've kept away from them during all of this. I, I mean, I talked to them on the phone multiple times a week, but I don't. I haven't seen them in person in, in a few months now since before all this started. And I think that's probably the first thing is I'll pay them a visit. Um, Cause I know they're probably getting stir crazy at home also <laughs> not seeing anything, seeing anything, but family and, and, and friends for sure. First things I go do is hang out with the people I care about. I think that you are in good company with people that also want to do that and uh, have been going through that withdrawal as well. So uh, thank you, Jackie. And please thank all of your colleagues for all of their incredible work and all that you're doing to help keep us safe and, and treat some of our loved ones in this time. You know, you certainly make Capitol proud. And I think that we all can rest a little easier knowing that Cap grads and good people like you are on the front lines helping us all in this battle. Yeah, well, thank you for that. All right, this has been Jackie Kelly. She is a graduate of 2017 from Capitol and a four-year member of the women's soccer team as we wrap up this alumni spotlight. We've reached the halfway point in this edition of Forward Capital Crusaders. Now's your chance to hit pause and head to the locker room if you need a huff. Just don't sub us out. If you're going to do any kind of subbing, make sure that you subscribe to the Forward Capital Crusaders podcast on whichever app you're listening to and turn on your notifications so you never miss an episode. Leave us a comment and a rating while you're at it. Please and thank you. It's now time for the second half of action of the Forward Capital Crusaders podcast. All right, Cap fam, 
It is time for our weekly feature, and because this week, beginning on May 6th, around the country, we celebrate National Nurses Appreciation Week. And so it's appropriate that we in this country and around the globe, we honor those nurses and those that are training to be nurses, especially with what's going on with COVID-19. National School Nurses Day actually kicks off the appreciation this year, and National Nurses Day is celebrated on May 8th. And then the week of appreciation wraps up with International Nurses Day on May 12th. What does that have to do with today's episode, you ask? Well, not only are we all impacted by the decisions made to keep us safe, but we as a people are also impacted by those battling the coronavirus as well as those loved ones that are treating those impacted by the virus. And so that all comes to Capitol's doorstep. Our alumni are out in the field and so are our students. In today's feature piece, we are talking to two soon-to-be Capitol graduates as they get a sort of on-the-job training that nobody could have planned for and isn't just invaluable to their career development, but also to our survival as a community and as a species. So today, we welcome into the program a pair of seniors, first Emily Hilt of the Capitol Women's Track and Field Team and also Cassidy Bosch of the women's basketball team. So first, welcome to both of you. And, you know, the medical field is certainly not my forte. So Emily, why don't you kick us off here and tell us where you are, what your title is, and what your job responsibilities are. Yeah, so first I want to say thanks for having me here today. It's a pleasure. Um, But I am currently at Nationwide Children's Hospital. I work there as a PCA in the emergency department. Um, Some of the things that I do there include um, getting vital signs for the patients when they come through the doors, so helping with the triage. I will room them in the back of our department so they can see the doctors. I do some of the point-of-care testing in our lab. I'll um, perform some EKGs or do ear irrigations. I also help assist with holding for the various procedures that we do in the emergency department, and then... I will transport the patients to the floor if they get admitted, and I also assist in some of the traumas that come in as well. Excellent. And Cassidy, why don't you answer the same thing? You know, Where are you? What's your title? And what do some of your day-to-day responsibilities look like? Yeah, so I'm currently at Ohio State University working at the Brain and Spine Hospital. Right now, I'm currently working as a student nurse assistant, which mainly focuses on patient care, vital signs, those kinds of things. Um, And I'm planning on continuing with that position um, until I transfer to my RN position in June. Excellent. Now, before we get into the heavy stuff, uh, can you tell us how you came to the decision that this is what you wanted to do for a living? And Emily, we'll start with you. How did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Um, I've always found myself wanting to help others and really be able to make a difference in their life. And I couldn't see a better way to do that besides nursing. Um, and I just feel that this job can be very rewarding in various ways. Um, and I think that there's just so many different things that you can do in nursing and different things that you are able to learn each day. I feel like I'm always learning something new, which is really cool. And I also feel very fortunate um, to have chosen this profession just because of all those things. And I'm able to pursue my passion and help others. Now, Emily, you also said you and I were talking offline a little bit and your brother is actually going to be graduating from medical school. Is this a family thing that, you know, a lot of people in your family are in the medical field? 
Um, yeah, I would have to say so. So there's about six, or there's six of us total, um, including my parents. And then, so the four siblings, me, I have two sisters and then my older brother. So my older brother, my older brother and sister are twins and my sister went into fashion, but my brother is just graduating medical school. And then my younger sister is pre PA and my mom is a nurse. So there's four of us who are in the medical field and then two who are not. So I would say we're a pretty medical family. All right. Well, chances are one of us might be coming across a hilt in our medical futures. <laughs> uh, Cassidy, how about you? Uh, why or how did you come to the decision that nursing is a field that you wanted to pursue? Well, I think I decided this is kind of what I wanted to do my senior year of high school. Um, I always had an interest in the medical field, but never knew where exactly I wanted to go with it. Um, and I'm kind of opposite of Emily. My whole family is in education. And it's not that I didn't want to teach or have an interest in it. I just wanted to do something different. And in a way of like taking care of people still um, and educating them. So a little different from Emily. I don't have as many um, <laughs> people in the medical field in my family. But uh, so that's kind of what led me to nursing. And after like my first clinical, I knew I was in the right field and felt super comfortable. Excellent. Now, I know it's often said that nursing is one of the more challenging fields to study while being a student athlete. So Emily, first with you, would you agree with that? And how did you manage to have such a successful record setting career in track and field? Well, nursing, I think, is just hard in general. It's definitely a very challenging major, whether you're involved in sports or in a fraternity or um, in a sorority or anything like that. So it's very challenging just to begin with. But I definitely think that track made it a little bit harder. Um, Sometimes it was really hard trying to balance the student life and the athlete life. Plus, I was working part time all through school. So that added a little extra challenge for me as well. Um, but I think really what helped me manage through it and get through it was the coaching staff that I had and the supportive teammates. Um, I felt very fortunate for this. And Coach Weiss and all the other coaches always were really willing to work with me and my schedule. Um, and they helped move practice times around so that I could fit it in with my work schedule and school schedule. Um, you know, I would practice at the weirdest hours and coach just always made the best of it and was really just so helpful with that because um, she knew how important school was to me and how important my job was and she didn't make me pick and choose between any of them. Um, but I definitely know that doing nursing school and track took a lot of discipline, patience, dedication. I had to learn some very good time management skills. Um, and I put in a lot of long, crazy hours with some super weird schedules, but I think the biggest thing was just having that great support from my family, friends, teammates, and coaches is really what got me through. And you went on to have a record-setting career, and your name will be in the record books at Capitol in multiple events uh, as a result of all of that hard work. And for you, Cassidy, I mean, you came on and had one of the best years of your career, and your added challenge could be working with legendary head coach Dixie Jeffers. That in itself <laughs> is a challenge. But then on top of being a student athlete and managing all of that, just tell us how you did that. Well, um, I would definitely have to agree with Emily. Um 
a lot of it was my support system, family, friends, teammates, and coaches. They made it all really possible um, for me to have success on the court and in the classroom. Um, But I think being a student athlete is challenging regardless of your major. Um, But being able to play basketball and go to school helped me manage my time and helped me learn how to prioritize things. Um, I use most of my free time between class and clinical and then basketball practice, just studying and getting homework done. Uh, But I found it challenging sometimes because I had to say no to like hanging out with friends Mm -hmm. or even just taking a break. Um, But I mean, in the end, I knew I had to get certain stuff done so I could go to school and play the sport that I love. Um, But yeah, definitely just family, friends, teammates, coaches, that support system really helped. And not only did the support system help you get through all of that, but I'm certain that the program, the nursing uh, program at Capitol, helped you prepare for what you guys are experiencing right Mm -hmm. now with the global pandemic. So, Cassidy, we'll start with you this time. Just talk about how the nursing program uh, prepared you, even though all of us are really unprepared for something like this, but prepared you as best they could for something like you're facing right now. Um, well, with the nursing program, we do a lot of like simulation stuff and we, um, are lucky enough to have, uh, labs with like, um, they put us through certain scenarios and situations and it's kind of like thrown at you and you work through these, um, situations and it can kind of be stressful because our like professors are sitting there watching us work through these things. And even though it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily real, um, it's definitely kind of a high stress thing because you want to do everything right. Um, So kind of just working through those different situations and like, we don't know what's going to happen makes it feel like real life. Uh, So for me, that really helped uh, prepare me for working in the nursing field. And and Emily, same question for you. You know, how do you feel that you were best prepared by capital nursing program for what you're doing right now? Um, I definitely agree with Cassidy and what she said about the simulations. I feel like that was um, a very good preparation for just being thrown into stuff and just not really sure, like having that support system behind us and being able to make mistakes in that environment. Um, And then we were able to talk through it and really be able to like correct ourselves and figure out what went wrong. Um, And so it was nice being able to do that in a safe environment because I definitely think that helped me feel more prepared to come out and use those skills in the real world. Um, but I also feel like the holistic nursing education that capital provides, um, makes a huge difference. I've seen it since I started here, um, with how I treat my patients and interact with them. Really, you have to care for someone as a whole, not just as the illness and things like that. And so I think that was a key part to my learning that made such a big difference to me. Um, And one thing that I thought was really interesting and I felt lucky like that we took this class at this time was we're in a community nursing class. Um, And so it was more community based, obviously, but it talks about a lot of like natural disasters and different ways to be supportive of the community and the public. And I think it just fit really well with the pandemic that's going on. Um, And so it was just really cool to be learning all that stuff at the same time. But very unfortunate circumstances, obviously, but I just thought it rounded out my education at Capitol really well. 
Excellent. And if anybody is out there and wondering a little bit more about uh, what they can learn about the nursing program, you can do that at capital.edu slash nursing. Uh, we are here with women's track and field record setter Emily Hilt and also senior women's basketball player and captain Cassidy Bosch. And so now we get deep into what is going on out there, or at least in your respective areas, where you're at how do you rank your involvement or your facility's involvement in the fight against the coronavirus? And we'll, we'll start with you, Emily. Where where are you in the midst of all of this? So I think being in the emergency department, we're kind of ranked pretty high in our involvement just because anyone who walks through the door could be a carrier and asymptomatic or have every symptom. Um, it really just depends. And we're just not sure who's going to walk through our doors. Uh, But I feel very proud and thankful to be working in the department that I am just from all the changes that we've made to keep our employees and the patients safe when they're here. Um, I just think it's really remarkable how quick we were able to, to turn around the department and designate those safe areas and make all those changes with our PPE policy and all of that. Um, I just thought it was really amazing to see that unfold and to see how they were able to keep everyone as safe as possible. And for Cassidy, you now, you know, you're at Ohio State and it sounds like the area that you are in wasn't necessarily designed for all of this, <laughs> but you've kind of turned into a base camp for it. Tell us your experience with it. Yeah. So where I currently work at, we're actually having a lot of involvement with COVID-19. Um, the unit wasn't at all anything like that before. So it's been neat in a um, certain way to kind of see everyone transition into this role of caring for these um, patients that have tested positive for COVID. Um, So I definitely am closer to it um, and directly caring for patients. uh, But I do think OSU has been doing a great job um, supporting their staff and getting information out to everybody regarding this pandemic. Now, this is kind of deviated from what I'm sure you thought you were going to be doing this fall. How far do you mm-hmm. think that it deviated from what you anticipated to be learning and what your actual field experience has been like? Um, so Go ahead, Emily. I'm that's sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. I told, told you I'd deviate at least one time. So go ahead, Emily. Kick us off. With um, I definitely think the end of my school was not what I expected. And I think almost every senior in the country can say that as well. But um, it has definitely been challenging. And then I think like the aspect of work as well. Um, My department, I don't necessarily think a lot has changed specifically just because um, in the emergency department, we obviously, like I said before, never know what's gonna come through our door. So we have to be prepared for the unexpected. Um, but we're normally used to high sense of patient, like a high census of patients, especially during the respiratory season. We just have a very high flow of people coming in, getting discharged, going out. Um, so I think the biggest change for us was our PPE policy. We're having to wear masks and goggles all around the hospital, plus extra whenever we have direct patient care. Um, but then our census in the department has also been much, much lower. So there's been a um, high need for staff. Well, not a high need for staff. So a lot of staff has either been sent home or um, asked to go work in like other areas some days. It's just been very interesting to see how they're handling the staff needs and adjusting that based off our census. 
And Cass, same question for you. From what you expected to what you're experiencing, what's been the biggest difference? Oh, yeah. Um, so, well, we're supposed to be having graduation tomorrow, <laughs> and that's kind of <laughs> not happening. Um, but COVID, it's been a surprise to all of us, for sure, and definitely created some challenges for all of us. But I think the biggest thing is I was expecting to kind of start work, and it's a neurology unit, and now it's kind of a COVID unit. So <laughs> just not being used to the usual for my floor that I'm going to be working on. Well, I'm currently working on and going to be working as an RN. Um, so it's definitely going to be, it's been an orientation to care for these COVID patients. And then I'll have another orientation for once it kind of goes back to normal. And so for you and your colleagues, what do you feel is the biggest challenge at this time. Emily, go ahead and, and kick it off first. Um, I know a big like fear of mine, as well as some of my colleagues, is just bringing this home to our families. Um, we are at a very high risk to bring this back home, um, and we can be asymptomatic carriers and pass it along to a family member. So I think that's just been really tough, even though we can do all the things to stay safe and wear the proper PPE at work. Um, there's just always that possibility and we are thinking about it all the time. Um, and it's just been tough because I haven't seen a lot of my family members besides the ones that I live with. So that's just been hard. But um, it's crazy because we've had to adjust our whole outside normal routine from coming home from work and all those kinds of things um, just as a way to prevent it and not to spread it to our loved ones. So I would probably say that's the biggest thing for us. And for you, Cass, I'm sure that probably echoes some of your your thoughts and concerns. But if you had to pick a biggest challenge for you uh, at this time, what is it? Uh, yeah, I would for sure agree with Emily that. And also, like when I'm working, just seeing these patients go through this without being able to have any visitors um, has kind of been really tough, too, just because, I mean, I couldn't imagine being in the hospital, let alone with COVID and not being able to have my family or friends physically there for me. Absolutely. I, yeah, couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're talking right now as part of nurses appreciation week with Emily Hill to the women's track and field team, Cassidy Bosch of the women's basketball team at Capitol. They are on the front lines helping battle COVID-19 and the coronavirus. So uh, we got a couple more questions and I think that uh, you guys are, are doing a fantastic job, not only treating us, but also giving us some great insight to what you're seeing. Um, so let's keep it going with that. Um, how do you keep positive with all of this going on and, and, and keeping it together? Did anything like being a student athlete assist in creating that mindset that has helped you through this journey? Um, I would say that for my family and I, we're just trying to focus on the good that we have going on in our life. Um, like I said before, my brother and I are both graduating. Um, I'm graduating from undergrad. My brother is graduating from medical school. Um, and we had this big plan to celebrate and stuff when everything was normal. Um, but now we've had to adjust our plans a little bit and kind of do a remote celebration. But it's still a very exciting time for us. So we're really just trying to focus on that and the other good we've got going on in our life. Um, but I would definitely say that being a student athlete has helped me do this. Um, I learned to have such a very good positive mindset through a lot of my athletic career. 
And that just came from all the different struggles and challenges that I faced. Um, And it just taught me how to be a strong person and kind of just push myself through those things and to just focus on that good and stay positive. Um, But I really think that's kind of just what we're doing right now. You got to focus on the positives. Thanks, Emily. And Cassidy, same with you. How do you keep it positive and keep it together in a time like this? Um, I would say just by having faith that it'll all be figured out soon. Um, and knowing that hospitals and healthcare workers are doing everything they can for these patients and their families. Um, but yes, I do think being a student athlete has definitely helped me um, get a good mindset and just kind of have a good head on my shoulders about um, adversity that I may face throughout my life. Um, I've definitely been through, um, some hardships as a student athlete, not only just in basketball or other athletics, but schooling as well. Um, so that's kind of taught me that not everything will go the way I Mm -hmm. hoped, but just kind of focus on the things you can control and focus on the good and eventually it will work out. Absolutely. You guys are both doing phenomenal, great work out there. And in speaking of good, by the time people will be hearing this podcast, you will have graduated officially, which congratulations to the both of you for that. But, you know, what is next? Do you get to stay where you're at and, and keep treating the people that you see daily here? Or are you being shifted into other positions? So what is next? Emily, go ahead. Um, so in June, I will be starting my nursing position. I accepted a position in the operating room at Nationwide Children's Hospital. So that is something that I am not as familiar with, um, with the patient care side of things. But I'm super excited to see my role in that new environment um, and just kind of how things are a little bit different there. Cause it's definitely not the same as every other part of the hospital. So it'd be very interesting. Great. And for you, Cass, what is next? Yeah. So next um, I will be also staying on the floor that I'm currently working at as a student nurse assistant. Um, and I will be starting in June, like Emily, um, but I'm really excited to keep caring for these patients as I transition to my new role as an RN. All right. And so we're going to wrap it up here with a question that I, only you two can really answer. <laughs> um, if there was something that you could tell people that may not see it through your eyes about this virus, about its impact or something that people just don't see the way that you see it, what would that be? Emily, go ahead. Um, I just want to first by saying, start off first by saying that it, um, it is extremely difficult for a lot of people to follow these recommendations and guidelines that have been set. But I just hope that people understand they're not set for nothing. There are reasons behind every decision that's being made um, so we can protect as many people as possible. And I know the masks aren't, aren't comfortable staying at home is extremely boring sometimes and not seeing those families and family members and friends that you want to can be really difficult and stuff, but um, it is really important to do your part um, and to just do those things that help all of us stay safe, but it is for a good reason. And I hope everyone's staying safe out there and I hope this is all over soon, but um, I am very proud of all the people who are, on the front lines and working very hard to help all those who have been affected. So, Great. And Cassidy, what would you say to that? 
Well, agreed to Emily. Um, and I would also just tell um, people to be considerate of others and to just think of the patients who are um, fighting this in the hospital, because like I said earlier, they're not allowed any visitors. And it just makes my heart ache mm-hmm. for them and their families or friends because they aren't able to come visit them. And I mean, obviously, for safety purposes, uh, but it's definitely very hard on the patients. Um, so I would just say to please think of um, these individuals and pray for them as they recover from this illness. Very well said. And, and thank you both so much for taking the time to share with us your stories from the front lines. And more importantly, thank you for all that you're doing to help combat the coronavirus and COVID-19 in our community. You certainly make Capital proud as graduates of Capital, and, and we couldn't be more thankful that people like you are on the front lines taking care of maybe even some of our loved ones that are out there. And thank you for having me, Ryan. Yes, thank you so much. Well, our pleasure. That was record-setting track and field athlete Emily Hilt and senior guard Cassidy Bosch of the women's basketball team joining us on this feature of how the Cat Fam is taking care of your fam in this battle against COVID-19. Stick around because after this short break, we'll talk to a Capitol alum that is also on the front lines battling the coronavirus. And we'll check in to get a few memories and a view from the front lines from their perspective. And we'll keep on moving forward here on Forward Capital Crusaders. Welcome to this edition of the Capitol Senior Spotlight on this edition of Forward Capital Crusaders. And today we have someone coming in from the Men's Lacrosse Program, and that is senior out of Springboro, Ohio, Luke Wyatt. And Luke, first and foremost, you know, where are you at right now? And how's everything going where you are considering everything that we're dealing with? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for asking. I'm just hanging out in Columbus, uh, hanging out with my girlfriend and our dog, just laying low, trying to stay healthy. So all is well here. Excellent. Good to hear. And uh, I know that one thing that, you know, I've had this conversation with a couple of people is, uh, you know, favorite scented hand sanitizers and having a girlfriend. Sometimes you get thrown something with a scent and you don't get a choice. But if you (laughs) had to pick a scent that you're going to be living with for a little while, what's that scent going to be? Strawberry. Oh, definitely Strawberry. Off the grid there. <laughs> well, make sure that the dog that you mentioned there doesn't uh, get it, you know, doesn't get any ideas and start, oh, yeah. uh, you know, giving you extra attention because of that. <laughs> For sure. So, Luke, you, you didn't start at Capital at the beginning of your collegiate days. You actually went to the University of the Cumberlands and then migrated over to Capital. So can you talk about just, uh, you know, what made you want to make that jump and, and how that jump went for you? Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, my freshman year, like you mentioned, I was at the University of Cumberlands. I uh, went there. I really liked the coach. He's a great man, uh, Coach Pete Campbell, and my team. They were all great guys. Uh, I was able to grow a lot, you know, kind of like work on my game there, and I learned a lot there. Uh, but the main reason why I didn't stay there is just because it was about three hours from my home, and I'm a homebody. Um, I like to hang out with my family as much as I can. So uh, I decided to come to capital because it's a little closer to home for my family and like a bunch of my grandparents come to my games and stuff so I was really thankful uh, for my opportunity at the University of the Cumberlands and I'm thankful that Coach Campbell helped me connect with Coach Marzano and yeah so that's kind of how that all worked out. 
Now, when you get to be the newcomer, I mean, number one, nobody's really picking on you because you're a pretty big guy. So <laughs> you're not getting the normal treatment. But what was that onboarding process like for you with the guys? Um, so the first couple of weeks, were, uh, the guys are all nice to me, but just it's just kind of hard being the new guy, you know, especially like right when season comes around because, you know, you miss the preseason. I wasn't there in the fall. I transferred right in the spring. Um, didn't really know anybody. So just kind of walking in, uh, the guys were great to me. They were nice. They helped me out, showed me where my classes were. Um, but yeah, and then once the season kind of picked up and practice started uh, picking up, I think uh, we all were able to come together, you know, and they took me in and kind of let me grow with them too. So I'm really thankful for that as well. Now, did you see a big difference in the in the style either between the two teams or between the two conferences that uh, you were kind of bouncing between? Um, I'd say at Cumberland's, we kind of slowed the pace down a little bit more at the time. Uh, Capitals definitely more run and gun. So I think that'd be the only difference really. Well, but yeah, you, you know that you're not getting a lot of rest. Once you start running, you don't stop until the final <laughs> horn goes. <laughs> so. That's right. <laughs> so how did you get into lacrosse? I mean, I know that it is bigger now than what it was even when I was uh, a young boy, but how did you get into the sport? Right. So um, growing up, I played, you know, baseball, basketball, football, and I think it was seventh grade. I was getting kind of sick of baseball. Nothing, nothing against the game. Loved the game, but you know, kind of was struggling hitting and all that. And I just get kind of bored standing out in the outfield. So, uh, one of my my best friend actually goes to Otterbein. He talked me into trying out lacrosse, and kind of just took off from there. He stuck with it and fell in love with it. So, I guess that's why I stuck with it through all this time. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're gonna swing a stick, you'd rather be throwing a ball than hitting one, right? That's right. <laughs> So what about it? What about lacrosse made you want to stick with that? You know, is there a particular part of the game that just maybe latched on to you a little bit? Oh, yeah. So um, I think the one thing that separates lacrosse from all other sports is, you know, it's definitely a sport where, like, if you put in the time, like, off the field, you can see results. You know, you can practice shooting. You can practice playing wall-wall. And, like, naturally, like, that'll just – I mean, with more reps, you'll get better at that. So, like, you don't have to be the biggest guy. You don't have to be the fastest guy. You can be, like, the smallest kid or whatever, like the slowest kid, and still be pretty good at lacrosse. So, if you just put in the work, and that's what I love most about the game. So, And you said that you came into it in seventh grade. So, by today's standards, that's kind of almost a little bit late. So, yeah. is lacrosse just one of those games that, you know, not that you want to wait, but if you get behind early, that it's okay and it's a game that you can adapt to later? I mean, I, th my opinion, I think so, you know, because I'm all about, you know, you put in what you, you get the results of, like, how much work you put in. Um, definitely playing, though, when you're younger gives you a little advantage to start. But, you know, I just – I always think that if you just keep working hard, you'll get the results you want, so – we are with senior midfielder Luke Wyatt of the men's lacrosse team here on our senior spotlight. And Luke, just talk about maybe people that have inspired you or that you look up to along the way. Who first is your favorite professional athlete? Oh, geez. Um, I don't know. I probably pro uh, professional. Oh, geez. Um, this is tough. <laughs> I like so many people. Um, recently, I've been kind of – I like Baker Mayfield. 
Um, I know he hasn't been playing the best, but I kind of I feel like I relate to him because, you know, he's a walk-on transfer, you know, to two different schools. So I kind of understand that and have that mentality. Um, so I kind of like that about him. So maybe Baker Mayfield probably right now. Okay. Well, you hesitated when I said professional. So, is there another one that you were thinking of? Maybe not of the professional nature. No, yeah. you're not allowed to say CJ Hughes. <laughs> no, I would. Uh, yeah, um, I was thinking maybe Tim Tebow. You know, back when he was rocking with the Florida Gators. You know, just a good guy all around, and just played hard no matter what the score was, and was able to rally his team around him. So, I really like Tim Tebow a lot. Hard to argue that one. Yeah. Sure. How, how about lacrosse player? I mean, we got the MLL, we got the PLL, oh, yeah. uh, NLL. Pick one. Sergio Perkovic, big time. He's a midfielder for the Redwoods. Big right-handed midfielder, likes to shoot from outside and just kind of a bully. So definitely love watching him play. Okay. Now, if you wouldn't have had that best friend that exposed you to lacrosse, uh, would you have pursued another sport? You played a lot of them. Yeah, I uh, – Growing up, I, I wanted to be a football player. Um, definitely was my first love. So I uh, I actually looked around at a couple schools to go play college football. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just kind of fell in love with the process of lacrosse, you know. And I don't know, it's a different game. And I just really appreciate, you know, like I touched on earlier, like if you just put in the work, like you'll see results. So, but yeah, to answer that question, definitely football. <laughs> You've certainly got some of those traits. If nobody saw on the Twitter feed uh, about a week or so ago, or if you perused our YouTube, uh, there's a uh, there's a video of Luke trucking the uh, Mountain Union player and then scoring right on it. So go check that out and, and go see what Luke's talking about when he says it. And you probably could have made it playing football too. And if so, what position would you have chosen? Definitely linebacker. Now that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's a fun position. <laughs> Excellent. Well, this is Luke Wyatt, senior Springboro, Ohio native on the men's lacrosse team. And you know, last year, Luke, let's talk about a season that, you know, was really, really special to a lot of us, including yourself. Last year, you go on and you finish the season undefeated in OAC play really strong overall. And you go on to win the OAC regular season championship. At what point in that season did you look and say, we really have something special here? Honestly, it was after the first game. Uh, we lost the Kenyan triple overtime at home. And I just remember being in the locker room after that. Everybody just seemed like no one was panicking, but everybody knew, like, we just got to get one win or get this thing rolling. And we all just started to believe in each other. And it really didn't matter, like, what the score was. Like, if we won by, like, five goals or one goal, like, we just had this belief in each other that we weren't going to quit. And usually it worked out for us. So yeah, that was cool to be a part of. And that's when I knew, like, we got something special definitely here. You look back on your time here at Capitol, and you've certainly accomplished a lot, both as a student and an athlete. But if you had to pick one that you're most proud of, what do you feel is your greatest accomplishment? Oh, okay. So definitely uh, being named captain my junior year, um, that meant the world to me. Because transferring in, you know, I didn't really know anybody. Um, I was kind of like coming from, like, I was a little down on myself because I just wanted to play lacrosse again. And being able to get to this school and uh, grow and be who I want to be and have these guys believe in me and then be named captain and then have them actually like follow me and listen to me and then help lead me too. That was really cool. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget sitting in coach Marzano's office with Barrett and CJ. And he just says, Hey, you're a captain too. <laughs> that was just a great feeling. 
and it just really showed that the guys like, I just felt like I was in you know like they like they took me in right then and there so that was cool all right. Well, that might steal the thunder out of this next question. <laughs> I was going to ask you, uh, give me a memory that is going to last with you for a long time. And it sounds like that would be the one. Can you give me like one B? Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely uh, beating John Carroll. Uh, that was that was awesome. <laughs> uh, my junior year, we went there and we played him into over or no. Yeah, we won by one goal. TJ Johnson made a crazy save. And it was it was great because at the time, like when I got there, we didn't really beat him last year. So, anytime you beat a good program like that, it's a pretty good feeling. So now uh, switching back over to the academic side, yeah, you know, just kind of tell us uh, what are you studying and and where do you plan on taking that? Right. So uh, I'm a business management major, and um, actually I agreed to well I signed a contract to work with Williams Sonoma as a operations management. Uh, man so i'll be doing that uh once i graduate so i'm kind of excited about that excellent what, what is that going to entail like do you know what the responsibilities are going to be yeah so basically i'll just it's like i'm gonna be in grove city and i'll just be you know learning the processes of the warehouse you know inventory uh like logistics and stuff like that so i'm kind of excited Good. All right. Well, with that comes uh, your first big boy paycheck. So if there's going to be something that you're going to splurge on with that first check, what's it going to be? Oh, man, I don't know. Maybe a couple new toys for my dog or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) You're not even spending it on yourself. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm not much of a shopper. (laughs) Okay. All right. Very good. Well, it's going to be one heck of a dog toy then. I know that. That's right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. So, um, you know, you're going to be on your way out here shortly. Um, If you were going to tell either a prospective capital student or maybe a younger capital student uh, a piece of advice that you hope sticks with them, what is that piece of advice going to be? Um, Uh. I guess I'd say, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, do the extra work, like do one more, you know, like a lot of the times I feel like guys don't think it's the cool thing, you know, to go out and shoot a bucket of balls or go play wall ball. They're worried about what their teammates are going to say. Well, I can say that this program will definitely pick you up and push you to be better. So don't be afraid to take that jump and go all in. So. Excellent. Now, I, I know that you, you mentioned wall ball, and, and I think that for that person that's flinging the ball up against the wall, there's nothing better. But for the person that's on the other side of that wall, there's nothing <laughs> worse. How many times have you been told to cool it on the wall ball over the course of your life? Uh, a couple couple times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any broken windows? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that paycheck will be... Yeah, uh, maybe that's where it's going now that I think about it, yeah. <laughs> Yo, a few people, a few windows. <laughs> That's all right. That's what makes you better is a lot of wall ball and a lot of determination. So, uh, Luke, thanks for joining us here. Thank you for everything that you've given Capital University over the years. And best of luck to you. Stay safe out there as well. Thank you, Mr. Gasser. Have a good one. All right, you too. And, and hey, everybody, this has been Luke Wyatt, senior midfielder for the men's lacrosse team here at Capital University and native of Springboro, Ohio, in this edition of the Capital Senior Spotlight. 
Episode 6 of Forward Capital Crusaders is a wrap. Once again, thanks to our guests for joining us and all nurses across the country for your tireless and selfless work as we navigate this pandemic together. Next week, we'll check in on Cap Football with head coach Chad Rogoszewski. We'll feature the 1980 men's golf team as we approach the 40th anniversary of their historic run in the NCAA championship. All-American softball player and current Ohio Wesleyan head softball coach Cassie Cunningham will join us in our alumni spotlight and we'll wrap up next week's show with Sidney Kelly in our senior spotlight. It's sure to be a good one. Before we head out, we ask that you please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating if you like the show. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, and now on Apple Podcast as well. Until next time, Cap fam, let's keep moving forward. I'm Sports Information Director Ryan Gasser. Thanks for tuning in to Forward Capital Crusaders. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>